son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 7 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, aka Tony Playboy, aka Antonio's Brown Note, aka Leaky Crew Lou. And I'm joined here by one of my best friends, Demarcus, aka Nigga Marcus, aka the Cowboy season is officially over. You got any AKAs? I do have one this week. So despite the Cowboys not being great, season kind of going down in flames, I got a new one. Because on everything else, I have been on fire. So I got a new one. I'm Nigga Damas. Nigga Damas. Not Negro Damas. Not Negro. Nigga. Nigga Damas. So I've got you on so many things the past three or four weeks. I've got you, number one. Most importantly from last week is Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs. I've got you on Ty Lue to the Clippers. I had you over on the Bucks over the Packers. I had you on <laughs> the NFL having more COVID cases. And not oh let's no, not forget. No, 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 well, no, no, okay, no. Okay, maybe we were both on okay, more we're both COVID right on cases. that one. But but I got you on so many things, including the NBA Finals. And I think I'm going to be hot this week again. Oh, all right. Get your shit off. I'm not counting Ty Lue because I said they might do it, but it was obviously a bad idea. Now, the other ones, uh, I'm not feeling as good about those other ones. You can, you can get your flowers, Demarcus. You might have got me in a couple of places. Flowers? I should get myself a bouquet. <laughs> okay. Talk your shit, Demarcus. But why are you talking your shit? I got a question for you. Go for it. After watching the Cowboys get slaughtered on primetime television, do you think there should be a mercy rule in football? I didn't watch it. Will you turn it off? Halftime. Halftime. <laughs> well, actually, if I'm telling the truth, if I'm being honest here, a little bit before halftime. You still think y'all can't be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence? Correct. <laughs> Correct. We will not be. I still have some confidence in my team. Do you know this team has the worst defense since 1961? Listen. That team went 2-12. and 12. Somehow, the team's still better than the Washington football team, the New York football Giants, and a bunch of other teams, including the Bengals, the Jets. Jets. Talk about bad. The I Jets. Mean, we may be Ooh. bad, but there is worse. <laughs> All right. How do you feel about rumors? Well, not even rumors. Anonymous Cowboys players talking to the media saying that their coaching staff is totally unprepared, just not good at their jobs, and unable to teach anyone basic concepts. So it's crazy because there's such a dichotomy between what the players were saying about the coaching staff before the season started, when they were almost taking shots at Jason Garrett and his staff. And by far, this makes it look like Jason Garrett was a miracle worker. I don't think he was. I just think this staff is bad. So I read a pretty extensive quote from Richard Sherman a few weeks back, and Richard Sherman had Mike Nolan as he de- his de- defensive coordinator for a while, and his basic story was Mike Nolan, his defensive scheme, which is why the defense is so bad, by the way, isn't, doesn't really have a bread and butter. It just kind of throws shit at the wall and sees what sticks and goes from there, and so you don't have anything to fall back on, and there's no way to isolate what you're doing wrong because there's always something different on every play. Now, as far as the offense, the offense has been good. They just have a lot of turnovers for some reason, including Zeke. He leads the NFL in fumbles both this year and since he came into the league. 
So that's just a problem that he's got to clean up as an individual. And even when Dak is back, hopefully, and they re-sign him, a lot of ifs there, I know. <laughs> but I think things will be better. Uh, I just don't know that this coaching staff is the one to get it done. Okay. In other recent news, how do you feel about this OBJ quote? I don't think COVID can get to me. I don't think it's going to be able to enter this body. It don't want no part of me. I mean, if it gets on his cocaine, it might enter his body. Last one for you. Is Tyrod Taylor the black Alex Smith? Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> and I feel bad for him, honestly. And I feel bad for Alex Smith, too. Wasn't highly touted, but worked his way up with the Bills. Did decently. Came back and had a couple other starting jobs. And just it, he keeps losing the starting job. Sometimes not his fault. Sometimes it is his fault. I mean, he's certainly the black Alex Smith. Talented. Well, different way because Alex Smith was a number one overall draft pick, so we're not going to talk about that part. But, and Aaron Rodgers is still salty about that. But Tyrod Taylor, in every other instance, is the black Alex Smith. All right. We have an exciting show for you all today. We're going to spill some tea on the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, talk about the upcoming NFL trade deadline, what we expect from Tua time, and our picks for some of the marquee matchups of this week. Welcome to the tea off. This is how we like to start off our show. We like to spill some tea on some of the crazy things going on with our favorite athletes. But today, we have something a little bit different for you all. You might have been following the breadcrumbs of this story if you're somebody like me. You might have been connecting some dots, seeing some trends. So let's spill some tea on the Clippers and... What's going on over there in L.A. this offseason? So a recent athletic article by Joven Buha and Joe Varden came out on some Clippers players being bristled, is the word of choice, at Kawhi Leonard and some other star players getting preferential treatment. And the most important quote from this article, the one that created a lot of buzz, goes, players like Beverly, Montrez Harrell, and Lou Williams Clippers bedrocks before the arrival of Leonard and George bristled when Leonard was permitted to take games off to manage his body and live in San Diego, which often led to him being late for team flights, league sources said. The team also allowed Leonard to dictate to Doc Rivers when he could be pulled from games, among other things. Lou was on Rivers' bench for all of this, but the Clippers were Rivers' show. What you got to say about that, DeMarcus? He's not good enough for that kind of treatment. What? Wow. I could just be salty for a lot of reasons, but he's not good enough for that. Has he been good? Absolutely. But he only really had a couple of teams and everything was kind of ready-made for him. So he's with the Clippers, or not with the Clippers, started off with the Spurs, had Pop, had Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, won a championship, didn't have to carry the offense, played a lot of defense on LeBron. Okay, fantastic. Leaves after the whole spectacle in San Antonio, which kind of gave him this reputation to begin with, because some people, including some of his San Antonio teammates, were not sure that he was actually injured. Are that you? Was, are you? I'm not saying the Kawhi was never injured. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying his teammates in San Antonio believed it. 
Tony Parker did say some foul shit. He was like, my injury was way worse, and I came back way sooner. Right. They they were not feeling whatever shit he was on, whether it was true or not. Goes to Toronto for a year after the trade. Goes into a team that had been in the, the conference finals a couple times, had been in the playoffs every year, had, had always cowered to, to King Braun when, when push came to shove. LeBronto? Whatever you want to call it. But they could just not get past him. All of a sudden, LeBron goes west, Kawhi goes east, he walks into a ready-made team with actually a lot of young talent, and, you know, Pascal Siakam, you got Powell, you got all the other role players on that team. Fred who were, Van Fleet, don't Fred forget Van the Fleet. Shockers. I mean, watching the finals last year, I was like, this, who is that shooting threes? That This makes no sense. FVV is about to pick up some And they brag. were like, he had a child. And I'm like, well, I need to have a child if he's going to be that hot. And so Kawhi did carry more of the offense there, but totally took games off, rested, all that stuff, but came through. But partially, he only had to plug in a small part. He had to be a little bit better than DeMar DeRozan. Which Don't do that. He was a lot better than DeMar okay, DeRozan. But he only had to be a little bit better, but he was a lot better. He was a lot better. If he was only a little bit better, they would have lost to Philly. I mean, that last shot was kind of lucky. Don't lie. Oh, my God. Don't lie. All you're going to do is hate on this nigga. Don't lie. Oh, my God. That's what I do. We hate. (laughs) Anywho, so then he goes to L.A. But this time, L.A. is not a ready-made team. They had been to the first round the year before, had looked real good. But they lost to a healthy Golden State when they they lost. They did. They did. And they gave them a lot of trouble. But the key factor is they, they had not been close to the championship or championship team like his last two teams. And to get him... They gave up a bunch of those players who helped push Golden State to six. And some of the key players who did that, like Pat Bev, were injured down the stretch and were not available. Not to mention Lou Will going to Magic City, getting him some wings, supposedly. Just the wings. And there were so many problems, partially because he came in acting like a star. They didn't respect him. They were like, how Cause, not? Cause, hold on, hold on, hold on. If Lou Will thinks they have a legitimate chance to win the championship, does he risk it all to go to Magic City? I say no. So you're saying you're saying the Clippers didn't even believe they could win the chip? Not based on how Kawhi was treated and the team dynamics. There was something off before they entered the bubble. Okay, let's talk about this. Now, to be fair, Lou Will has kind of denied this by saying in response to the story being picked up that he don't even know what the word bristled means. And asking for a journalist to out their sources. Like, for real, nigga? He's a goddamn liar. <laughs> he not stupid. And Trez even said, man, y'all will create a story out of anything, huh? But see, there's sometimes there's just too much smoke for them not to be fired. Facts. So maybe there's a little bit of journalistic, you know, e- embellishment. But the word bristled. No niggas say bristled. Absolutely, so. <laughs> absolutely not. None of, the, none, of the, none of the niggas in that locker room, including Doc, said bristled. Lou will try to hit with the like side around lies. I was like, I ain't never said bristle a day in my life. That's what that you Bill mean Clinton. that wasn't That's me? That's that Bill Clinton. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. He did not. All he did was, you know, stick a cigar somewhere and I, I actually let's get back on topic. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think coming in and throughout the season that this teammates felt he was that guy. And there's an argument to be made, he wasn't that guy. Not in the least the way people had crowned him after winning against a very, very injured Golden State, I may point out. Because I got to say, 
I gotta say, yeah, I'm a Warriors fan, whatever. But if Clay doesn't get hurt in Game Six, that might go seven. You're not willing to say that they win if Clay doesn't get. I don't hurt. know. I'll flip a coin, but it's at mm. least going seven, and which is which is why we're gonna talk about this at some point. Not this week. I still have faith that the core in Golden State has a really good chance to make a championship run next year. I have heard some Embiid to Golden State rumors. That I've heard I'm not some Embiid lie. rumors. I've heard I like some Giannis those. rumors. I like the Embiid rumors. They get a big way man more than the Giannis rumors, man. But Let's, let's let's stay on task. Yes, Look, yes. Whether or not this is exactly true, that's not the tea that I'm here to spill. I think there have been noted chemistry issues like DeMarcus talked about amongst the Clippers. It was everyone's excuse for why they did not finish the way they were supposed to, why they flamed the fuck out early, got rocked by the Nuggets in three straight games. And got pushed by the Mavs. We just couldn't gel. We just weren't on the same page. You know, PG-13 saying this year wasn't championship or bust. Like, there are a lot of journalists out here dropping hold on, hold gems. On, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He didn't earn PG-13. That's playoff Pete. Way off Pete? Whatever you want to call it, he ain't good. Not in the playoffs. Oh, fair enough. But you wouldn't call him playoff Pete. Well, I mean, he gave himself that nickname. I don't mean that as a compliment. I mean that as the worst kind of thing to say. <laughs> he disappears in the playoffs. His name's not even Paul no more. It's just Pete. It's just P. That nigga P. Nah, you ain't no P. Look, a lot of journalists been dropping gems, jewels. There's just way too much smoke around this thing. This week on First Take, Stephen A. says that he's heard from sources around the league that Clippers players are calling Kawhi selfish and indifferent. I can't can't say that's not the case because he's still using helicopters to get from San Diego to L.A., after Kobe died in that same helicopter company's aircraft. Do we know that he's still using those helicopters? I, have I heard a good he was idea. late because he started driving. I have a good feeling he didn't stop using them right away. Okay. And I know me. You couldn't, you couldn't literally catch me dead on one of those helicopters. Look, Stephen A. also was like, Kawhi has made it clear to management that he wants to upgrade from Pat Bev at point guard. Because he needs a point guard that can run the offense and can hit that hit the open shots. Oh, you mean like, uh, what's his name in Toronto? Um, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Or you mean in San Antonio where he had real point guards? Yeah, they had DeJounte Murray his last year, right? Yeah, he was, okay. he was, he was growing. He was pretty good. Chris Broussard said that in the exit interviews, a common theme among players was that Doc was unable to hold his stars accountable. Right. Okay, that's that's some bullshit. I gotta call it bullshit. Not that he didn't treat them differently, but that's been a known Doc thing. Doc has forever treated his star players a little bit better than the rest of the roster. And most all of, coaches do. Yeah, it's but not Doc, the same thing Doc as in not particular being held accountable. Doc in particular, like when he was in Boston, all of his players, KG, Paul Pierce, etc., will tell you they all got treated better. They all got practices off, etc. Now maybe Kawhi took a little bit more advantage of that than they did. Do you think but, the players were late for game flights? Oh no. Okay then. But this is not, about I, accountability. I, I, that's what I'm saying like Kawhi Let's definitely connect took one more. breadcrumb to the other breadcrumb, right? Fair. If there's accountability issues and this nigga showing up late, tell me the two ain't connected. Well, absolutely. That is the definition of an accountability issue. If you're not afraid of what's going to happen if you show up late, which they kind of the team, not even Doc, a little bit, I guess, of both, but kind of put themselves in that position when they get did what they did to get Kawhi. And when he got here, or he got there, he said, hey, 
give me Paul George or I'm not coming. And then they did it. Like when, when he has that kind of leverage, the team kind of has to let him do a little bit of craziness because he holds all the cards. He is their, their, their fulcrum. Then why A, have Ty Lu replaced Doc when Ty Lu was here for all this bullshit? But also, more importantly, then isn't Kawhi just the GM and the coach? Yes. And some would say LeBron was, but I'd make the argument LeBron is better. LeBron James. LeBron James. GM Kawhi, worse than GM LeBron. Absolutely. Okay. LeBron could legitimately be a GM when he gets done. He's not. He's going, he wants to be an owner. Sorry, a governor. Mm. But they don't call them owners in the NBA. <laughs> they, they say something wrong with that language. I don't know. Who would have guessed it? But, yes, we've seen what LeBron does. We, we, mean, we make jokes about it every year. We're like, you keep, you keep playing like that, LeBron's going to trade you. Mm. That's it's, been the joke everywhere. It sounds like that's what's about to happen over here in L.A. The only place that that didn't work was Miami. Okay, but to be fair, he just came with the crew. Like him and Bosch just showed up together. But he didn't like Spoles. That's well documented. Yeah, but he, but you know Pat Riley was never going to go for that bullshit. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously LeBron was wrong. But in every other case, you can't argue. Like David Blatt, he was like, yeah, we're not winning with that. You got to go home. Look, you're right. You're right. He was like, give me Ty Lue. The players were frustrated. They felt like Paul George saw the treatment Kawhi got, started grabbing some of that treatment themselves. You saw Undisputed. They were talking about that. Players seemed disgruntled. Paul George was getting this extra treatment, oh, and, and he, they thought he show as hell shouldn't have been. Yeah, after they, what he did, he ain't, OKC? he ain't show up. Some of them felt like nigga, I'm better than Paul George. What the fuck's going on here? Like, do you not remember Dame pulling up in Paul George's face and just yeah, said, "Bye." Dame has done that to a lot of people, though. Go home. Look, Dame. But has Paul done George that to a supposed to be one of, of the best two way players in the game. Sometimes it's better offense than defense from forty feet. Nigga, you, you know Steph Curry exists, right? Yeah, okay, okay, yes. But the times that Steph has done it, no one's been guarding him like that. People <laughs> yeah, been like, small. oh, you, you're supposed to be closer to him. <laughs> and they were just like, uh, my bad. In that case, Paul George was on him. He was, playing, he was playing defense. He was down in the stance, everything, and still got it wet in his face. And disappeared in a lot of Oklahoma's games, that playoff series as well. Okay, I'm with you. There's a reason they were willing to trade him. Okay, now combine all of this with the fact that we all know the Clippers, A, voted to not continue to play the season, and B, even when the season continued, they did not want to be there, and they still did not want to play. So, coming all down, GM Kawhi, DeMarcus, I want to hear it. Who's on their way out? As GM Kawhi? Well, Pat Bev. Okay. That makes Trez, sense. they can't keep Trez. He's can't. a free agent. He's going to command too much money, and they have no flexibility in free agency for the long term, if they keep him, they don't have free agency flexibility or draft picks. All right, so it's rough. You think so? They let him it? go, but I don't know what they do. Well, I think if you try to, you probably have to let Trez go. You can't get anything back for Trez. You might trade Pat Bev. Lou will also could be a person that you try to trade. Well, sure, but I, I would think if you think you have another shot at it next year, you keep Lou will. I think he's he's not a great defensive player, but he's gonna score some buckets for you. You need a big. That's the look. Kawhi wants a point guard, so we already know GM Kawhi. He's making some demands. He he is demanding some stuff. We're gonna see what he gets, but we also know they need a center. It's the West. Oh yeah, we saw AD, Jokic, Nurk. These are all gonna be fantastic teams. And Golden State's gonna definitely try to get their own big. 
Nigga. Even worse. So they have to make some move. Yeah, if they want to get to the... It's conceivable if they want to get to the finals next year, they're going to have to be Golden State, L.A., and either Portland or Denver. And that's rough. Because those teams are all... Well, especially Portland and Denver. They're still on the young side. Okay, with all the drama going on in L.A. with the Clippers organization, while LeBron and the Lakers are sipping champagne and enjoying their time off after getting another chip, do you think the Clippers can pull it back together for next season? Nope. You're calling it right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. With the NFL trade deadline coming up here on November 3rd, in my opinion, we are in for some shockers across the league. DeMarcus, what moves do you have teams making? It's going down in Houston. I see some smoke, and I think there's a hot fire burning. So I got a lot of rumors this week out of Houston. I got rumors that Kenny Stills might get traded. I got rumors that Randall Cobb might get traded. I got all kind of rumors. So somebody's going. Now, Deshaun is like, nah, nobody's going nowhere, but that just seems like confidence and bluster and not based on anything real. Additionally, they're saying they might trade David Johnson already. So, they ain't getting shit back for that. Oh, no. They're getting pennies on the dollar already. And they gave him D-Hop. <laughs> He's looking real good in Arizona. He had a tough game against the Cowboys, even though y'all got, is it manslaughter? Do we want to call it murder? What, is it, what does it look like? I mean, it was intentional. Mm, that is true. You know, that mens rea. Mm. Well, that's probably getting too much for our audience. But okay. Let's get back on track. So somebody's getting traded in Houston. I don't know who it is, but whoever is making GM decisions right now is not happy with anything Bill O'Brien did. For good reason. Are, for, for good reason. But I just don't know how they fix it. I don't know how they fix it. Now, they're trying to get something back, obviously. There are a lot of teams out there who want a receiver. If I were them, I'd keep stills. I trade Cobb. Cobb is the piece you edit in the offseason to help replace D-Hop. But if you're going to be bad, you're going to have a chance to get an offensive lineman or a really good wide receiver in the draft. So I think I trade Cobb, try to get back what I can, maybe even trade Johnson just to you know clear some cap money and go from there. So a lot of smoke. think there's a fire. We're going to see. All right. I've been looking at this. I have a couple classifications that I've been looking at the teams in. The first is like a buyer. The teams that are the most interesting buyers to me, like you said, are the teams that feel like they're one receiver away. Oh, yeah. Right. So we got New England. Obviously, they've made a move for an in-season trade in every year since 2009. Every single one. And I think they might go for a speed guy to take the top off their offense to give Cam some room to work with their slot receivers. Because that's something that they're already like pretty good on. But and they're missing that. I said yeah. that weeks ago. They're mm-hmm. missing someone to stretch the field and give that offense another level. I have Seattle on my list. So I guess that makes sense as a buyer, but they're they're doing so well. Like they can't be that desperate to get a receiver. They have the number one right now, the Seahawks have the number one offensive efficiency in the league as far as it comes to throwing the football. Um their their veterans have looked good. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. They got a decent run game. I just don't I don't see them giving up a lot to give a re- get a receiver. That's the thing. I think they're going to take maybe somebody on the cheap. Or more importantly, they have multiple holes to fill, and they're in a second classification that I have. Sec- third team is the Chicago Bears. We're in the move for one as well. The Baltimore Ravens, 
who Mark Andrews is great, but your tight end can't be your best target. And I don't think Hollywood Brown is what we thought he was going to be. Well, no, the hype in the offseason was, oh, Hollywood Brown put on 15 pounds of muscle. Hollywood Brown's going to be that shit next season. That nigga's name is Hollywood. That nigga's name is Hollywood. Yeah, fuck you mean. So you say receiver away. I'm hearing a lot of rumors about other receivers. So I'm hearing rumors about Alshon Jeffrey getting traded from the Eagles. He ain't played a game all season. True, but when healthy, he he aight. And you could get him for the cheap because he has been hurt. I've heard about A.J. Green being moved from the Bengals. So have I. He's not looked hot all season, but had a really bounce back game last week. I think he had 11 targets, like 116 yards or something like that. I also heard that against the Ravens, someone said, he said, trade me while he was on the sideline. Ooh. Yeah, he, he should say a little old he should, OBJ. He should be OBJ. He should be Jamal Adams. He should be very vocal. I'm also hearing Najoku from Cleveland has demanded a trade. Well, Again. I think that was true. Uh, yeah, I was going to say before the season started. Yeah, no, this he, is, he this reneged and he's back on it. Yeah. Uh, you're always hearing the OBJ rumors as well. Uh, Allen Robertson was also rumored to ask for a trade. And John Ross. From the Bengals, weirdly enough, he had a great season last year. Talk about a speedster. Yeah, he had a great season last year, and he has also asked for a trade because he's fallen so far down in the depth chart. And most importantly, a team that we haven't mentioned, the Green Bay Packers. Robert Tallion went down last week. Alan Lazar's on IR. Their receiving core is really, really thin. And I... I also heard Zach Ertz might be on the market because they he's in a contract year. They don't feel like extending him. The talks have stalled out. That and they sense. might just push him to get some value back right now. My second classification of teams are the teams that have multiple holes that they need to fill. And I have three teams in here, uh, and two of them are really serious. The first is Seattle. While I think maybe they are fine at receiver, what they're not fine at is their defense. They can't generate a pass rush right now. Jamal Adams is hurt. They are suffering on the defensive end. And that's probably the one thing that can keep that team behind. The second is Chicago. While we could use a receiver, we could also use some upgrades on the O-line to help our running game. If a running back that could be a pass catcher came available again, Another thing that we could see, we could use. And the third one is Dallas. Basically in every area of the field besides wide out. So I get where you're coming from. Well, a few things. So on Eagles, they got to pay Carson Wentz. We talked about this a little while ago. Carson Wentz has big money for the next couple of years, and they can't get out of that contract until at least 2022. So it makes a lot of sense they would try to save some money on Zach Ertz. I can see that happening. Now, as far as some of the teams that are buyers who need receivers, I'm also hearing a good amount of word that Golden Tate is on the trade block and on the market. Now, he's been traded again? a couple of times. Yeah, again. I mean, after that, that, that fight, you know, <laughs> that fight that we talked about, what was that, last week, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. It makes a lot of sense that a team could be dissatisfied with him already. And at this point, you got to be like, does anyone want him if he keeps getting traded like that? Whole other thing. Now, Cowboys. I don't see them being buyers right now. You see them being sellers? Um, they could be if given the right offer in one particular place. Tony Gallup. Pollard. Ooh. Gallup, yes, maybe. But when I'm thinking, I'm like Pollard. 
I could see a team wanting a nice running back. Pollard has been, even with Zeke, a great change of pace. He's had some big runs. He's shown the ability to be a 100-plus yard rusher in a game. He's shown he has a little bit of power, a lot of speed, and some shiftiness. I could see a team giving up a a third or second-round draft pick for the chance to see what he can do in their system, especially for a team that could think, you know, we have good receivers, good quarterback, decent defense, but need a running back. Now, Gallup, so yes, yes, and no. And maybe it's just me, my bias. I love Gallup. Gallup has been the best receiver in the NFL at stretching the field, which obviously makes a lot of teams in the market for somebody like that. He's in a contract mm-hmm. year. He was a good receiver in college, has matured more in the league. The Cowboys just drafted CeeDee Lamb. So, yeah. And paid Amari. And paid Amari. So, it could make sense. And they could certainly use some draft picks or help on the defensive side of the ball because the defense ain't shit. Like, even the players we thought were mediocre who we let go. <laughs> Their replacements are somehow worse. Like, I would love to have Jeff Heath back. And no one even knows who that is. But, man, that white boy plays better safety than everybody the Cowboys got right now. Oh, shit. Go get your shit off, DeMarcus. I'm good. I'm good. Get your shit off. I'm, I'm, I'm done now. All right. <laughs> now, this is one thing I'm going to say. When Bill Belichick gets, like, a John Ross for a six-rounder, don't anybody be surprised. Oh, hell no. Like, I don't even know if people pick up the phone when he calls anymore. I'm just like, man, you know. It's like... If Golden State calls, sometimes if they call you, a pop calls you, you you don't pick up. You you gonna you gonna get the worst end of Danny that deal. Ainge. Danny Ainge, the oh yeah, God should never should never pick up for Danny Ainge. You should just block that man. Please God, on block deck. Him. And so if Bill Belichick is calling for a wide receiver, you should be like, nah, he does he does ridiculous things with what we think are bottom of the barrel kind of kind of people. And I could have a long list from Randy Moss, who was seen as bottom of the barrel after his season in Oakland. I, got, I feel like that was more personality issues. Uh, more personality, but a lot of people have been down on him for a couple of years, even before he left Minnesota. There's a reason he, he, he left in the first place. We got Wes Welker. We got Julian Edelman. They had, what's the, uh, Danny Amendola for a little bit. They had, uh, what was the white guy that they had past couple years? Receiver, tall, uh, kind of oh, lanky. Oh, oh. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Man, his name is really it's escaping me. I had him in fantasy a couple years ago. He yeah. was he was good. Oh man, I think people know who I'm talking about. Logan something? No, I don't know. I'll look it up later. I'll remember it as soon as we get done, and I will stop myself. But he just does ridiculous things with these bottom of the barrel receivers and makes them look like Pro Bowl, All Pro kind of talent. So if he picks up, I'm not answering, or he calls, I'm not picking up. Do you pick up? Nigga, no, my phone is off. Even if even if I don't want the dude, I'm like, nah, I'm not trying Chris to Chris Hogan. Them. Chris Hogan, yes. There we yes, go. Yes, there that's we go. who it was. Chris Hogan. Just such a generic name. Yeah. <laughs> but a solid receiver. What happened? He just, he's been injured, hasn't he? I, I don't know what happened to him at all. I mean, people in New England have this weird thing where they will be good and just disappear. Coaching. They I, coached I don't know. you right for that situation. You were the guy in that game plan and you delivered. They put you, you know, you do your job, as they say. Exactly. Totally think there's going to be some burners this weekend and the next couple weeks as we get close to the trade deadline. I think it really goes down like Halloween Mm. that weekend. Okay. I'm vibing. We've already seen the Falcons are full steam ahead Thinking towards the future, they fired the GM, they 
fired the head coach. Now we're left with Matt Ryan, quarterback making a lot of money. DeMarcus, if you're the Falcons, what's the fly route? Unfortunately, and I do mean unfortunately, they don't have very many options. So Arthur Blank, their owner, has essentially expressed concern that he does not think Matt Ryan is the quarterback of the future. Very reasonable. I can't disagree. But financially, they can't get rid of him. That divorce is not happening. It would ruin them. So right now, Matt Ryan is in the midst of a five-year, $150 million contract extension. And this means that the first realistic out for the Falcons would be after their 2022 season, which would be before Ryan's age 37 season. And that's old for NFL. Old, old. Whoever gave him that contract, you know, should never get another job again. But it's already been given. So what we have is they would have still even then like $27 million in dead cap space. That's a lot. But at least then you could spread it over a couple of years, take a $13 million hit one year, etc. And be good. But if they cut him right now, they would have, I believe, a $75 million dead cap hit. And you can't build a decent NFL team with that kind of cap hit. So you got to stick with him. Not to mention, we look at free agent quarterbacks. There are some decent ones out there. I'm, you know, Dak is technically going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping that he signs with the Cowboys. Um, Cam Jerry lowballs him. Cam will be a free agent again. But I think the New England experiment is going well. And they will want him back and sign him to at least a two or three year deal. And after that, there's not really any great free agent quarterbacks. Now, of course, they could trade for Jacoby Brissett or something and try to make it work. I don't know, but I don't see it happening. And even after you look at free agency and Matt Ryan's contract, look at the draft. They're going to be bad. We know that. But even then, they are still projected to pick outside of the top two, which are, is where the premium quarterback talent is going to be at, and they're going to be gone. So the top two guys in this upcoming 2021 draft are easily Trevor Lawrence, who will go number one overall. Back. That's not at all a, a, a problem. But also, the consensus second best choice is from the Ohio State in Justin Fields. And right now, I think the Falcons are picking third or fourth in the draft. So unless they find some way to be worse this season. Trading Matt Ryan? (laughs) Who would take that, though? Okay. Now, this is where I'm at. Now, I think the fly route is you clean house in Atlanta. You rip it down to the studs and you rebuild a competent franchise. So here's, here's the real thing. Franchise quarterbacks are like wives. You don't usually leave your wife unless you got something on the side already. And Atlanta don't have anything. I mean, I don't agree with do, that in this you, situation. But but I just explained how could they how could they divorce him? The difference from a wife and a franchise quarterback is you always know that franchise quarterback is temporary. He was never forever. I mean, he got drafted Which means in 08. you are thinking about the future, especially because he's, what, 35? Yeah, about. Okay. So get me this. You got to trade away the things that have major value to you if you're Atlanta to rebuild competently going forward because Julio? your team is a mess everywhere. I do think they should get off of Julio just because they can get a haul back. They can get two firsts for Julio. Probably. Easily. Easily. The way that the way that people are give, getting first for, like, what, D-Hop? Um, Cooper was Cooper was for a first too, right? Oh yeah, and Cooper people said the Cowboys first. are ridiculous for that, and they look real smart after. 
I want to say Jalen Ramsey was for two firsts. Like, yeah, that was the bad. market that was is high. Deal. Look, you don't tell me you can get three firsts for Julio? Look, in a reasonable market, you can maybe get a first and a second. That would be reasonable. Two firsts and a second. Two firsts and a second is Think outrageous. Think about what Chicago paid for Khalil Mack, and we Look are happy. Look what Seattle paid for a safety. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Two firsts and a second, you can trade Matt Ryan. And I do think there are actually some suitors for Matt Ryan going forward that are willing to take on his contract. Now, the first and the foremost for me are the Cleveland Browns. What? You have to think, you have to think that you are one like just a quarterback away, a competent quarterback away from being a great team. And the team that I have in that situation right now is the Cleveland Browns. Think about it. Their defense is fucking fantastic with Miles Garrett leading that motherfucker. Their receiving core with Juice, Austin Hooper, and OBJ, double-headed running backs and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like, think about this. If Baker wasn't terrible... How many games do you think this team would win in a season? We have them going, what, like 9-7? and seven? We talked about this earlier in the podcast. Yes. Input Matt Ryan instead of Baker Mayfield. Do you have them winning more than 10 games? I think they win 10. They have a shot at a wild card. In maybe that, 11. In conference. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Maybe now, it's, maybe it's a week at. too late for 11. Also, well, not now. I'm just saying like. Okay, hypothetical. Total, total idea, right? Now, think about this. Baker Mayfield. Fifth year option is up. It's coming up. He has to, they have to decide this year, and it's $25 million, which isn't too far off from the cap hit from Matt Ryan. His fifth year option and his fifth year option is fully guaranteed once they pick it up. So either you have to think Baker Mayfield is who you want to go with going forward, or do you take a shot at someone better? There's no way in hell they pick up that fifth option the way this dude is playing right oh, now. Oh, I don't think so. Like, like as a number one overall pick, I will say in this similar amount of time period, Dak has seriously outplayed Baker Mayfield. Who didn't outplay Baker that, that's Mayfield? That's fair. Or Josh Rosen, but that's a whole other, <laughs> a whole other story. But I just, it makes some, makes some sense there. I, I can't disagree. And that's but, my first one. But Matt Ryan's like 35. You at best get two years out of him, and then you're back in the same boat you were in without a franchise quarterback. But these are your this, these are your two year windows. If you're Cleveland, OBJ is not going to resign. Juice is going to come up soon. You are, you just paid Miles Garrett, so that's good. You'll have to eventually pay Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like your window for the stack team that you have now is actually very small. You know, you got to shoot for it when you can. They have the team. I hate to say this, but you're making some sense. Uh, uh, First time in a long time. Uh, uh, Hating ass nigga. Look, my second team for you is the Jags. If the Jags fall oh. out of place, look, listen, if the Jags fall out of place and cannot get the, one of the top two picks and they can't get Fields and they also can't get Lawrence, here we are, right? This is a team that might want a stable presence at quarterback to lead a team, to guide a team with veteran leadership. I don't think they're all on board for Minshew Magic anymore. And we know that they are willing to do something like this because they took that chance on Nick Foles. Not wrong. Not wrong. My sneaky pick is the 49ers. Uh, Reunite with Shanahan and Ryan. So I'm not totally out on Garoppolo. Do I think he is the savior that we all thought he was? No. But can he be a serviceable franchise quarterback yes now the weird thing with garoppolo is the way they structured his contract 
Mm-hmm. They can get out real early. All his exactly. money was guaranteed up front. Exactly. Which made sense. They were a bad team. They had a lot of cap space. They were rebuilding. And they got him for cheap in a trade. So they gave him all his guaranteed money up front. They can get out of that deal, I think, either this year or next with no dead cap at all. Like, they're totally scotch-free. Mm-hmm. Is this year. And so that is what gives me pause. Plus, he's had that high ankle sprain this year. Hasn't been able to really throw like he wants to. Or stay healthy. But, I mean, it's hard because they were in the Super Bowl. If you have a lead in the second half of the Super Bowl, yeah, you lost. I get you. Cal Shanahan was also in the Super Bowl with a massive lead with Matt Ryan well, that, and won well, him an okay. MVP. So this has come full circle. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 28 to 3. Let's not forget. Never forget. But, you know, it makes some sense. I just, I'm not ready to go there. I'm just saying, I think there's actually a much larger market for Matt Ryan than you think. I think if the Colts feel like the Philip Rivers experience did not do as well as they thought it would, they might cut with him. Now, I do think that is going well. The real question is, of course, what team's cap situation looks like, because that's going to have to be a consideration. I don't have the numbers for all the teams you suggested. I mean, just like if you traded for him this season or no, in the I think off it's season, probably going to have to be in the offseason. I do think it's most likely that they trade okay. him in the offseason, not midseason, because like a midseason quarterback change like that is just it's way hard. too complicated. OK, OK. I, I think there's a decent chance for some of the teams you listed. I'm more up on the Browns than the Niners. The Browns one is really good because I don't think they're going to pick up Baker's fifth-year option. Okay. What else do you do? You just trade Matt Ryan. Trade Julio if you can get anything great back. And you tear it down, take all the picks, and go full Dolphins. Rebuild. Get a good GM. He puts in a good coach. You use those draft picks wisely. You get off of your expensive players that you know you can't win with anytime soon in like two years, three years. The Falcons can't be good again. But I just think, like, they're either going to waste Julio's prime on a bunch of bad teams like they have been doing, or they're going to get something back and make it happen. I would argue they have already wasted a good amount of his prime. So let's hope he gets out of there. Free Julio. Free Julio! <laughs> just like we were on free Le'Veon Bell. Hey, he Julio got his next. <laughs> Julio next. Time served. Welcome to our pick sixth segment. This is where we like to give you all our hot takes and picks for the upcoming week and so on. We're going to start with the marquee matchups for this upcoming week. I mean, hold on, week. hold on, hold on, hold on. You about to get pick six because none of your takes are hot at all. They are cold. They are average. We going to see, nigga. Let, Look, let them I'm know. Gonna get, I'm going to get back on some of these right now, DeMarcus. You we, hope. I know. You hope. I know, nigga. Because you're taking L's. I Okay, let's start you with the first one. You took about six L's so far, but let's get it. You are exaggerating deeply. But, all right, let's start with the first matchup of the week that we want to highlight. The Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. I had the Titans. That's not hot. I mean, that's normal. That's I, cold. Are you going to take the Titans as well? I'm taking the Steelers. Just cause. So, oh, okay. I mean, they still got. Maybe it's hot because you, you nigga, Domus, right? 
They still you ain't got been big, wrong yet, right? They still got Big Ben. They got James Conner. They got some weapons in Juju. They've been playing all right lately. I think I give them a chance. Look, I think this is the moment when everybody understands that Derrick Henry has been the best running back in football for the last two years. Oh, I, okay. That's this season and last season. That's a bit much. Who was better than Derrick Henry last season? Arguably Christian McCaffrey. Nah, the niggas was losers. You said better running back. You didn't say winning team. No, I, I think Derrick Henry was a better running back because he was able to carry his team. There's an Derrick Henry is the there. type of we'll, back that carries a team. We'll get there in a moment, but okay. I'm totally with you on him being the best running back this season. And I've been telling folks for weeks, nobody wants to tackle this man. We will get there. But I'm going to say, the Steelers have the second best rush defense in the league. And I think we're going to watch Derrick Henry stop all over these motherfuckers. And then you're going to know. Then everybody's going to know Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league right now. But let's talk about the second game. Bears versus the Rams. Now, maybe this one's a hot take for you, nigga. And Bear only- down. Okay. Listen. Bear down. The Rams are a good team. What are they? Four and one right now? Mm, They're not something better like, than us. Something like that. They have played a lot of good other good teams. Came out pretty well. I think the Rams have a really good chance to win this game. I think the Nick Foles resurgence magic has to end at some point because there's a pretty damn good reason why he wasn't already a starter in this league and why he's been a perennial backup most of his career. He also won a Super Bowl. He has stretches, just like those playoffs. He has stretches where he looks good, but he's never been good for an entire season and postseason. Our defense is so good, we will take the stretches. I think this is the week Nick Foles comes back down to earth. He ain't... He ain't been... He ain't otherworldly, nigga. He, he ain't been otherworldly all season. He's no. throwing a pick in every game, and we still winning, nigga. Our defense is that good. He just needs to be able to make the play, and we will win. And I'm saying he will not make it this week. All right. Seahawks versus Cardinals. I don't think this one's going to be hot. It's not going to surprise anybody. But more importantly, what week do you have the Seahawks taking the L? This one. Because... The Cardinals are coming off of a beatdown of the Cowboys. They feeling good about themselves. They got Kyler Murray who can run. They got D-Hop. And as you said earlier, the Seahawks defense ain't shit. So this could be the week we get into a shootout. I believe that's a divisional game. That's the kind of game that Seahawks could lose. Divisional game. You feeling your shit. You 5-0. and They come in. They confident. They think they could beat you. They not scared of you. They got some weapons. Your defense ain't shit. Shootout. I'm really about to 3 0 this it, 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 3-0 you this week. It could right? be a you you surely hope. <laughs> it could be a repeat of the Dallas game that the Seahawks almost lost. Because Dallas, when it came to offense, at least that week, were giving them a run for their money. And if it had not been for the Dallas defense being so bad, they would have. Russell Wilson, undeniable MVP, will take no L's. He's great. He's taking an L this week. All right. All right. Our last three picks for you here are going to be the top three running backs for the current season. Now, obviously, that means we're excluding some major people, you know, the Saquons, the C-Max, people who have had large near IR season ending injuries. But active running backs right now, top three. I got to tell you, King Henry on the throne, on top. Do not see him being dethroned by any Body soon. The 
Titans have the fifth best rushing attack in the game. Fifth best rushing attack in the game. And every other team above them has multiple star running backs or star runners. Cleveland had Hunt and Chubb. Baltimore basically is just a team of running backs at this point because Lamar has forgotten how to throw the ball. And the other team is the Patriots. I'm happy you've hopped on the Derrick Henry bandwagon. I've been on the Henry bandwagon. I've been ringing the bell for weeks now. I've been ringing the bell for a year. Well, that's not recorded, so no one cares about that. Uh, you got tweets? I wasn't on Twitter at that time. You got time. receipts? Huh? I mean, you can go back to our fantasy league from last year. That don't count. Okay, I've been talking my shit there too. I need you he, to talk your shit on here. We, I'm talking my shit right now. He leads the league in rushing with 588 yards, and they've already played their bye, which means he has one less game than a lot of the other running backs and still leads the league by a large margin. He's second in rushing touchdowns, has the longest rush, that big 95-yarder he pulled off. The next closest running back is 14 yards short, and... We all know he doesn't even heat up until the second half of the season. I don't think we're going to disagree there. Next pick. Okay. Dalvin Cook. Oh, funny. You said guys who weren't hurt. Dalvin Cook is missed the game, but he is right now, according to Viking sources, 99.9% chance that he's on the field for the next game. They sat him last game because they have the bye this week to give him two weeks of rest. Make sure that he's healthy coming back and doesn't re-aggravate any injury. So I'm going to keep him up there because he's not like season-ending, IR-style injury. He's missed the game. A game is some change. But while he's missed the game and some change, he's the only running back with more rushing touchdowns than Derrick Henry. He's third in rushing yards. He leads the league in two-point conversions. He has three times any other player in converted two-point tries. It's insane. Look, he is the best short yardage back in football. True or false? No comment. No comment. All right, that's how you know I'm beating your ass. And three, I have Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is one that might surprise some people here especially given how poor the Saints have been doing vis-a-vis their expectations. But Kamara is the complete back. He is putting up Le'Veon Bell-style receiving numbers this year. He leads the league in receiving yards for a running back with almost 400 yards. The next closest person is Mike Davis of Carolina. He has around 200 yards. He's basically dubbing second most receiving uh, running back. Like, that's insane. So, I don't disagree. Those are his stats. Can't disagree with those. But there's a good damn reason why he's getting so many passes, and that's because Drew Brees has noodle arm. And we all know Teddy Bridgewater's not throwing downfield neither. Well, I think it's more so... He got got talent. He got talent. Leave Teddy out of this. We're talking about this year only so far. And I think it's more so because Michael Thomas is not playing. So they need someone else to fulfill that role, which shows you how complete of a back that he is in which he can basically become the team's lead receiver. He has more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill, Michael Gallup, Keaton Allen, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, OBJ, and George Kittle. That list is fucking insane. He has more. He has the six most catches in the NFL right now as a running back. He has more catches than CeeDee Lamb. Travis Kelsey, Juju, Mike Evans, you fucking name it. This dude is insane. And people will say his rushing yards are down. 
His rushing touchdowns are down. But he has seven all-purpose touchdowns on the year. Is it my turn now? Go ahead. All right. So you got my picks already for the games. We talked about that. We agree. Henry's the number one running back. But I got a little bit more heat for you. I got some heat for you. So I think you're a little low on Kamara. You just talked all that shit. He's the second best running back in the league for all the reasons that you just said. Not to mention, the Saints are just doing better than Dalvin Cook's teams are. And as you said, that's an important factor in in ranking a player, that you got to bring your team to get dubs as you get these stats. And Kamara's doing that right now. Not to mention, I, I have good sources myself that say he's had a back injury all year long that he got an injection for before the season started, and he's still doing this. So imagine if his back felt good. Or, you know, his good days. That might be why he's not running in between the tackles. Oh, I almost certainly is. They're trying to preserve him. Then if, if we have to manage you like that, I don't think you can take that spot from Dalvin Cook. He's a bell. He's a bell. You just said he's bell. hurt right now. He's playing the next game. Okay. Anyways, where I got a little heat for you is my third pick. Aaron Jones, who is supremely underrated based on the number of touches he gets in Green Bay. So right now, Aaron Jones is averaging 5.2 yards per carry, which I believe is first or second in the league among running backs who've gotten as many carries as he has. He has um, 75 touches through five weeks, which is much, much less than Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. He's still putting up great numbers. So far, he has five rushing touchdowns to Derrick Henry seven. He's got a couple receiving touchdowns. He's got about a couple hundred yards in receiving yards, et cetera. I think arguably the third best running back. He ain't got 200. Okay. Yes, sure. But with the touches he's getting, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be throwing to his running back a ton, he wants to throw it downfield, he's got really good numbers, arguably based on production and efficiency, the third best running back in the league. Not to mention he's healthy. Mm, I don't think I can have him over Dalvin Cook. I think that while Jones is doing a lot I don't think he's primarily responsible for that team exploding the way that it's exploding. Oh, I'm not saying that. I think if you take Aaron Jones off of the Packers, the Packers are still doing quite well. They're doing well, but they're not as good. I don't think if you take Dalvin Cook off of the Vikings, the Vikings win a single game this year. I don't think if you take Alvin Kamara off of the Saints, the Saints win more than two games this year without Michael Thomas so far. And they're like, what, six that they've played? I definitely know you don't think the Titans, but like we'll leave Derrick Henry alone. King is at the top of the mountain by himself. He's all alone. Facts. I ain't feeling it. I, I think Aaron Jones is incredible. I think he's incredible. I think he is definitely a versatile back in the passing game as well as a run game. But I don't think he dominates a game. He, he, take he has his role of a game. Is he a power back? But there are weeks when Aaron Jones will put up stupid numbers. And it will happen, and I'll come back and I'll tell you I told you so. Are you saying that Aaron Jones will have an overall better year than Alvin Kamara? Probably oh, not. How about this? Then Dalvin Cook, since you excluded Dalvin Cook from your top three. What you want to bet on it? I'll put 50 on it. Bet. What are we doing it off? Rushing yards, all-purpose yards? Mm. Rushing touchdowns? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm up on most of these stats that aren't Let's do all-purpose. Yeah, I don't like that because receiving stats. <laughs> so you just want to do pure rushing yards? I mean, you're going to lose any other bet that's not all-purpose yards. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. We can even do total touchdowns. Let's do it. You total need, touchdowns. You need to win. 
I mean, I think I'm going to clean sweep you on this segment, DeMarcus. You need it. All right, all right, all right. It is Tua time in Miami, baby. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been set. Tua is going to be the starter going forward. But I want to talk about the rookie QB class in general. We've seen a lot of games from Herbert and a lot of games from Burrow so far. Let's start. Which of these rookie QBs do you think has been the best so far, Demarcus? That's easy. It's Burrow. Given what he has to work with, easily the better QB. So I know what you're going to say. I already do. And it ain't Herbert. You know why? Herbert has a defense. You're going to look better, just naturally. The team is going to be in closer games. The things you do are going to matter more, etc. Burrow, that team bad. There's a reason they had the number one overall draft pick. The only talent on that, that team is arguably either A.J. Green, who's been hurt and slash not producing, or Joe Mixon. He got problems hitting the field, literally. And their defense is just bad. I think they have like five to ten sacks on the year total. They're in the bottom half of the league for sure. The Chargers with Herbert arguably have a top ten defense. They had a lot of injuries. Still arguably top ten with those injuries. They lost the Bosa. Still arguably top ten losing a Bosa. Okay. Am Whatever. I wrong? Um, I'm now I, w- I do so want to point out somewhere where I was right. Okay. Tua. You asked me what week do I think Tua takes over the starting job? I said after week six. Where are we at right now? We're in week seven. I mean, after week saying. six is a really broad prediction, but I'm with oh you. My God. I'm with you. It was based off the schedule. I agree. I did. I was surprised that Tua didn't start last week when they had the Jets or the following week after this week. So this week is their bye. Next week, they get the Rams, and that's his first game. I think maybe they should have waited a week for the Cardinals. However, he's going to start his first game looking dead in the face of Aaron Donald. Look, well, I think that may be good, actually, because he can run. I don't know if I want him running around like that now, against no. Aaron Donald. Now, no, you don't know quarterback just wants broken. to see Aaron Donald. But, okay, 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 here's the thing. If he did not get broken, very easily, he's the number one draft pick. I agree. And I think Brian Flores is smarter than all of us. Amazing coach. Patriot way. It makes so much sense. They're going to get two weeks to prep him before a game and prep the offense to work with him before the game, which clearly I think is going to do them a lot of good. And it just shows how much smarter that Brian Flores is moving with his moves than we are giving him credit for and that people see. This is not a tanking move. The Dolphins will not. not tank. They showed us last year. They refused to tank. Brian Flores wins. That's a winning culture. Okay. Now give us your case for Justin Herbert. Look, Justin Herbert is by far better than Burrow so far. And I get what you're saying. Burrow doesn't have a defense. Other teams are putting up a lot of points on the Bengals. But that means that he gets to air it out. We should see. Some fantastic things, some fantastic numbers. But on the other end, when I'm looking at the numbers, Herbert is way more impressive. Herbert has thrown for more touchdowns and has played his team into closer games. 
But is that Herbert or the defense? Because there's a reason why the Bengals are behind in those games to begin with. Look. And it's both. They, he doesn't have weapons, Dak, and the defense is bad. Think about Dak. When you are super behind, what does that mean? You're going to throw has the weapons. ball a bunch. You're going to throw the ball a bunch, and that means that you should be putting up the type of stats that I expect to see when you have to throw the ball a bunch to get into those games. Herbert having more passing touchdowns than you should not happen in a world where you have to throw yourself into every game. Right? And Herbert played a close game against Tom Brady, against Patrick Mahomes. I think they faced tougher matchups. You might think the teams are a little unbalanced, and I agree with you, but the Chargers have probably played tougher teams, and Herbert has shined more in those games. But most importantly, think about it. Herbert right now has top 10 in completion percentage in the NFL, 69%. That's above Watson, Dak when he was playing, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan. Burrow doesn't even crack the top 20. It's a weird year. So, listen, I think we find out more about these young quarterbacks in the second half of the season than we do the first. The first is really just figuring out what the hell is going on. I think we'll see a lot more definitive proof of who's going to be better once we get to Thanksgiving. Herbert has a top 10 QBR. Listen. He's we'll top see. three in air yards per attempt. I hope you're right. That'd like, be good for the Chargers. This dude, this dude is the real deal, if you ask me. And I think, like, just statistically and even watching the game, just seeing the quarterback look special, seeing them play their team into a tough out of a tough spot. Does he pop for you? As he they pops, say. Nigga. He flash. He flashes. And honestly, right now, in the end of it all, do you think Tua could be better than both of these? Players? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was tanking for Tua before we ever thought about Trevor Lawrence. Okay. All right. Then maybe. And the, and the Dolphins got him without tanking. They got lucky. Yeah, they did. They did. And it seems like he's healthy. They gave him a lot of time to play back into conditioning and shape. Well, I mean, they always said when he got hurt that based on once we actually knew what happened, he was going to have a full recovery. It was weird. It was weird. Wasn't that well, the same injury that Bo Jackson had? Very similar, but we're 30 years on the other side of medical technology. And it's going to save him. And I also want to think, I think that Bo, when his happened, there he was like... playing on it. Well, he had a hip replacement, but I want to say the actual initial injury, I want to say there was like a blood flow issue um, when it happened that led to more problems. And I think just when it happened to Tua, he had better treatment on the field, on the spot, and that helped him a ton. Yeah, I want to say he played on it for a little bit as well because they told him it was fine. Well, yeah, he got his hip replacement, and he continued playing both football and baseball. Yeah. Well, or, or he really stopped doing less baseball. He wasn't as explosive as he was, but he still played for a couple, few more years and was decent. Okay. So, by the end of this season, do you think Joe Burrow, number one overall pick, could be the third best quarterback drafted? That's certainly possible, but I'm not, I'm not in this particular year, I don't think being the third best is bad. You could still be a pretty decent quarterback being the third best of your class. I don't think in most years we get more than two really good quarterbacks. I mean, look at 2016. Who are your three? You got Goff, Wentz, Prescott. I think both of us are not sure on two of those guys. Oh, I'm definitely not sure on Wentz. And you're, are you sold on Goff? Uh, I'm, I'm more high on uh, him that's than, what I'm saying. than Wentz. Two of us are not sold on two. Both of us are not sold on at least two of those guys. And surprisingly, we are sold on the fourth round guy, Dak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sold on Dak. I'm buying that stock. 
Welcome to our final segment, the heart of our show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, they only want to focus on the negative and salacious things that athletes do, and they never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, you'd like to make a change. So welcome to the seventh edition of our Ballers Bouquet. This week's bouquet goes to Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. So this will be the second time this episode that we've given Coach Flores some praise, but I want to give him a particular shout out this week for donating $50,000 of his own money to the Miami Dolphins Social Impact Committee. Now, this money is going to go toward assisting Miami area students and their schools in attaining technology that will help them learn from home including wireless infrastructure. Now, this money is overall a part of a $300,000 initiative that the team matched and also helped fund for schools in Miami, Palm Beach, and Broward. Now, this social impact committee has also done other things in the South Florida area that are also relevant. Now, I will point out that this committee was not formed by Flores or the team itself, but actually pushed forward by the players. So out of that bouquet, I want to give a few flowers to all of the Miami Dolphins players who have donated to this committee. Now, in addition to helping students get educational technology materials so they can continue to learn during the pandemic, the, the committee has also given a large sum of money to the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition that helps pay fines for former felons who need to pay fines as a part of their sentence in order to regain their right to vote in the state of Florida. So they're doing lots of good things down there in Miami. And I got to say, Flores really touches it for me because just like him, if he says, quote, I would have been that kid showing up facing challenges without acceptable technology to connect with teachers and further my education. I applaud our players' efforts to address these inequities and am supportive of them as they work to unify South Florida. My hope is that others in the community and league-wide can support this important initiative to help close the digital divide. And hey, just like Coach Brian Flores, I would have been one of those kids too. I love me some technology. Let them little niggas read. And and code, and code. Come on. And code, yeah. And but I would have been skills. I would have been one of those kids too. I didn't always have the best technology when I was in high school, and it was a lot less important then. And now everything depends on the technology as they're learning from home. So I got to say, if you have some old technology, you know somebody who knows somebody, call up your local schools, see if they could use a few extra laptops, some tablets, whatever you got. I'm sure, more than sure, they'll be very happy to accept that donation. Additionally, we are in the midst of our voting season. And no, I'm not going to tell you to go vote. But if you're a person who's into that kind of thing, even if you don't care who our president is, you need to go vote. Why? So that when you vote in your local and state elections, our politicians actually give our schools enough money to teach the youth as opposed to depending on some nice rich people to do that for us. What? You don't trust Ice Cube? He aight. You don't trust Ice Cube's platinum plan? He a little soft these days. What? With the Acom plan. <laughs> so go out and vote if you can. Donate some money, technology, etc. Kids are our future. 
We'll see you next week. All right, that's it for episode seven of the Fly Route podcast. As always, we want to thank everybody for taking the time out of your days to listen. We really appreciate each and every single one of you. Let us know. What do you think the fly route is for Atlanta when it comes to Matt Ryan? And who do you think GM Kawhi is shipping off to Siberia or the Raptors, I guess? That's the Siberia of the NBA. Mm, it's got to be the Hornets. Oh, that would be worse. Who is Kawhi sending to the fucking Hornets? I want to know. I want your opinion. Hey, we love communicating with our listeners on social media. We've gotten some great suggestions over the past few weeks. We want to continue to keep rolling those in. We are active on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you know us personally, reach out. Otherwise, reach out to us at the Fly Route Pod on all the social media platforms. And if you're feeling us, share our podcast with you and your friends. Have a good one.